0: Here the old gods are dead.
1: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
0: Hi y'all, this is the Creepy We Podcast. I'm Rebecca with Liam. Oh,
1: we started recording. Hi, Gay.
0: Hi, Gay. <laughs> Happy Pride, weirdly, because I had COVID. Was it last week we were meant to release an episode? Yes. <laughs> No, me being dramatic and coughing right now. That was because I just hit my jaw. Um, <laughs> um but I was sick last week. Missed Pride in Edinburgh also. Cause even though I had a week off in no DNA and just being in my house. Like I was actually quite ill. Um I still managed to run myself so skint that I couldn't go pride. <laughs> you should have catch... just lied
1: and said you were still ill. I don't know. Should <have> just
0: lied. <laughs> Money matters more. No, um I did catch COVID on the best night that Fife's ever seen, and I'll never see the likes again. I was in PJs in Dunferlin and they were playing beat after beat. Like, the DJ was that good that I was up at the bar getting like a Moretti or something, and like big country and a big country came on. So, like, I was like, right, fuck this, and just went back to the dance floor. <laughs> and then he put on Running Up That Hill by Kate Bush. Oh. So, essentially, <laughs> essentially it was a gay bar. <laughs> yeah. It was like, this
1: was for the queer women in the room. It was Pride Month.
0: It was. And then I had my like, I was that Stephen that I had my sunglasses on inside. And then on the, I think on this Monday after it, I was like, I'm really sick. Like, surely this isn't a two day hangover. And then on the Tuesday, like, did a COVID test and sent it to Liam. And I was like, what does this faded light mean? <laughs> <laughs> and you were like, bitch, you've got COVID. I was like, Sweet. like in the car park in my work, looking at my text messages, like sweating. And I was like, no, I actually need to go. So I sided with my girlfriend because she had just had COVID. So, no, but
1: you were like that's m- the mid fever delirium. And you were like, what does this faint line mean? And like, um, <laughs> if like, <laughs> everything isn't adding up to you, you're done. <laughs> but...
0: I text my, no, I phoned my mum and I was like, can you please look at this COVID test? And she was like, that's really positive now. Like, she went upstairs and checked <laughs> it. And I was like, oh, fuck's sake. I was like, right. So just. <laughs> Side. I watched Lord of the Rings. watched watched many on episode of the X Files as well. Had many epiphanies. I'm still watching the X Files. The last time I watched the X Files, it took me like literally two years.
1: I've literally not ever watched it the whole way through. It's so i want fun. to i want to it looks like something i would enjoy in its entirety i've seen episodes here and there
0: it's good to just pick up
1: i mean i watched a lot of gay movies during pride month
0: oh so you did please spell, geos recommendations
1: okay so they're both like like they both start with the word fire which i love and they're very different movies so there's one called fire island which is like a gay rom-com but it's about like you know like the fire island festival
0: I was gonna say, uh, I was like, is that no documentary?
1: <laughs> no, but there's like a there's like a narrow rom com version of it, and I've got to say, it was so so like gutted and raw, <laughs> like it was like it was good to see like gay people like to be happy. this contradicts the other film. <laughs> anyway um, <laughs> it was good to see that like um, yeah gay people can have rom-coms too but like oh my god like i saw tweets about like if these two aren't the next big actors in the world's doing something wrong and i was like they were both terrible and like the two oh. main actors they were both I'm, I'm sorry to these men but they they were both terrible. what is it called? fire Actually, island?
0: No hold on He's i'm giggling this. giggling uh... it looks gutted and rotted yeah
1: (laughs) but like it's it looks
0: like love island it It just looks like gay love
1: island it kind of like that's the plot of the film pretty much but (laughs) i mean that's what fire island is in its entirety (laughs) but yeah i i mean i would still recommend it it was very fun and um me and narius were drinking wine and watching it, and just like giggling the whole way through. <laughs> and it was so predictable; like everything that I thought would happen would happen. Um, there's some oddly very serious like themes addressed as well. Drugs, th- no. kind of, drugs. Um, like sexual assault, to taking advantage of someone, and using your only fans. Um, racism. The racism I could see, like you can you could work that into the film, but like the other two, like they just felt so like. I was side by that. Like I was like, "Oh, when?" <laughs> <laughs> <The rom-com
0: went. laughs>
1: yeah, I know. I was like, "Why was I giggling?" And then this, but mm-hmm. I guess that's like real. The other one was called Firebird, and it was like, uh, it's like a USSR era gay romance in like uh Estonian um military of the USSR. It's mm-hmm. really good. Although there was this one scene, this one like small scene where there was cgi and i was like it's bad. <laughs> like, speaking if you, of
0: the x-files. <laughs> if, you don't,
1: if you don't have the budget for the cgi just don't do it like practical effects i'm such a big proponent of them they're so good like just use practical effects they're time yeah. old and they look better most
0: of the time. i'm a slut for practical effects like i think i seen like the first new star wars and they used a lot of practical effects in that which i appreciated like where it looked normal and then sometimes they use cgi yeah. As somebody who's just recently watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which I'm pretty sure won awards for its CGI, like it looks so busted and rotten. <laughs> so, like, if there's an option not to use your CGI, that's like when remember it, when Avatar, really when Avatar like dominated the world for like its yeah um graphics and stuff like that. Like, now when you watch it, you're like, oof,
1: Ooh. why does his nose move like that? You know? Aye. um yeah. Yeah, actually- Avatar coming it though i do not want to see it like i didn't yeah, i didn't I enjoy it. it i didn't enjoy the first one at the time and it wasn't just like an like a hipster contrarian like I don't no like it's shit like, it was <laughs> like it's so
0: boring <laughs> sigourney weaver's in it though work I
1: was, having, <laughs> I was having beef with avatar and june feels like we just um hate men but
0: <laughs> yeah. just release the director's of titanic give the gays what they want <laughs> release
1: the 40 hour improv version of bridesmaids give the gays what they want
0: that's all we want what else i've been in a i've been in a deep placey wanting to watch little women 2019 i've yet to get her into doing it though i think mentally i can't do it when greta gerwig's version of little women came out in 2019 i seen it in the cinema six times i saw it twice that is the lesbian in you
1: yeah but that's very um Sick of you, like that's sick. Like, sick. I hate, like. I, one time I seen sick, it. Bad, sick.
0: Yeah, one time when I seen it, I was on holiday in Dublin, and I was like, we should just go and see little women. <laughs> <laughs> we we're all like over waiting on a flight <laughs> in the audience or the view or whatever, and and in, in Dublin, it was good though. Um, I would
1: recommend.
0: <laughs> would recommend it, um, but I really, I really, really do i watch it. But I've got to pick my moments, like because I'm on holiday to work right now. So, I need to decide when I want to be absolutely desolate in
1: um, my emotions. Yeah, I watched it today, I can't lie. Um, but then oh. I, text, I text Narius and was like, Can we go to the beach on Saturday?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Can you take me to the beach? Like a little wave.
1: <laughs> I need to um, cure my consumption, I need to go to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Got my scarlet nana, fever. I mind
0: it. Uh, I was talking to my nana when I was in my little women era and I wouldn't never shut up about it. And I was like, Oh, and when Beth had scarlet fever, she was like, I had scarlet fever twice. I was like,
1: Oh What <laughs> <One> up? <laughs>
0: it, she was like, i I was born in like the forties, and I was like, fair. <laughs> I was like so shocked. I was like, What? Well, anywho, Wait, born is... survivor. And
1: she's like alive. Wait, is she still alive? Yeah. Ah. Good for her. queen Wait, how old is she? Eighty-five.
0: I'm, I'm what? Right? Wait. Uh, she was. I was born on her fiftieth birthday, so she's seventy-four.
1: Oh. For some reason, it felt like she would be old. Good for her. having She's wise. She's
0: life. had scarlet fever twice. Died once.
1: Can she still resurrected terrifying? once? Oh no, she's deaf as fuck. Yeah, because like, didn't the guy in Glee have scarlet fever? <laughs> yeah, Roomba had scarlet fever as a kid, leaving him <laughs> <it was> right. <laughs>
0: I think my, nana's, my, I think my nana's deaf because she used to work in a factory. She never wears her hearing aids though, and when you talk to her, she just sits and smiles. I'm like, You ignorant bitch, put your hearing aids in. And she's like, I do like wearing them. They make me
1: look old. It's she's like I'm, like, I'm no
0: vain, smile. I do like to put my hearing aids in. And I'm like, What? That's like the
1: opposite,
0: no? I know. I'm like, it's not like it's your dentures, nano. Just put your hearing aids in. <laughs> Um, so the day we're going to be talking about past podcast topic James the sixth and we're going to go through his life and times and his lovers because he's like the only queer person in scottish history according to the internet so we're going to do a wee deep dive on him and we'll go away on a break and then we'll come back and we'll get into it So, James VI was born on the 19th of June in 1566 at Edinburgh Castle. He's the only child, a Mary Queen of Scots, and her cousin husband, Henry Stuart. (laughs)
1: Lord (laughs) Darnley.
0: It's important to note that both Mary and Darnley were great grandchildren, a Henry VII of England, through Margaret Tudor, the sister of Henry VIII. Yeah, that's how he gets like a shoe in to be the it was kind of on purpose yeah this so he could eventually become king england obviously james is most well known for being the witch hunter king and then also for succeeding the last tudor monarch elizabeth i and he would be the, become the first king to reign over all three kingdoms of scotland england and ireland and he was also the reigning monarch when the english colonization of the americas began Ooh. Ooh, yeah, already starting his villain origins, <laughs> like really quick. Real um, fast. Uh, James was baptised as a Catholic at a ceremony held at Stirling Castle on the 17th of December in 1566. Apparently, Mary refused to let the Archbishop of St Andrews, who she called a pocky priest, spit in <laughs> baby James's mouth, which was a custom at the time. <laughs> it was like a good luck thing what? like maybe like to build up immunity or so just to like hawk into like a baby's move, that. and she like didn't like to look at him so she was like fuck that and apparently it caused a wee bit of a stir
1: in the quorum. <laughs> You're a do not spit in my baby's mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so James was actually separated from his mother when he was just under a year old and I'll spare loads of details, but I will give a basic rundown of how James and Mary became separated. I will like clarify Mary did love James and spent the remainder of her life missing him constantly, even though there's no much said on what James thought of Mary. She he did say that her trial and execution was a was a bit of a fuss.
1: Um, taking a real stand here (laughs) (laughs) the Olsen twins get vaguely political
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mary inherited a very insecure reign for the get-go as Protestant noblemen in Scotland started to rebel against her as she was a Catholic ruler. Darnley her husband plotted with these noblemen and the murder of Mary's secretary and alleged lover, David Rizzio, whilst Mary was pregnant with James. Darnley was murdered in an explosion at Holyrood Palace, and Mary, who was already unpopular for being Catholic, became a quick suspect, as this was thought to be a revenge killing for Rizzio's murder. After this, Mary was imprisoned in Lochleven Castle by Protestant noblemen, and she never seen her son again after that. And spoiler alert, she ended up going to England and then she was put on trial for treason there and was beheaded. Well, will day marry, obviously. She'll yeah. get like a two-part episode or something, but... Before that, Mary abdicated for the throne in favour of James in July 1567 leaving her illegitimate half-brother James Stuart, early Moray, as regent Young James is then entrusted to a pair of scottish nobles in the security Stirling Castle where he ascended to the throne when he was only 13 months old. His coronation speech was preached by the leader of the Scottish Protestant Reformation, John Knox after which James was brought up as a member of the Church of Scotland. For James's childhood to his adolescence he was taught by a group of Protestant tutors the most notable of these was George Buchan and who would batter James in order to turn him into a god-fearing Protestant Considering what we can for the episode that we did on the witch trials It would appear that this worked Because James was very much paranoid A god and the devil mm. all at once James was proclaimed an adult ruler when he was 13 And it was during these years that the king had managed to like, build up his in court and like had like favourites and stuff And the most famous of them was Esme Stuart And Liam's going to tell you how much your favorite Esme was.
1: I will, but like, a preface: the whole episode is fucked up. The whole episode's fucked up. The age gaps are not appropriate. But um, (laughs) anyway, so Esme Stewart was a Franco-Scottish lord of Daubigny, I think it said. At the time he met James the Sixth, however, he was also a thirty-seven-year-old father of five.
0: (gasps) I didn't know that. I didn't know that. <laughs> I love how they put it didn't that he's his lover.
1: Yeah he's like like an adamant and there is a lot of evidence of him being a lover and a lot of acts that just um, substantiate that but he was more than double his age and had five children the oldest of which was only five or six years younger than James, think from that what you will. He was also described by Sir James Melville, a writer and diplomat of the time, as being an upright, just and gentle in nature which i assume is just like a subtle way of calling him a faggot like it's the 1570s way of saying like he's like a pleasure to have in class he's always (laughs) polite his handwriting is nice it's like that sort of thing
0: that's like a really nice description i'm considering that he's definitely paedophile
1: a groomer for sure stuart was like an exotic French man who captivated young James, who was thirteen, James effectively seeing him for the first time was like, "I'm gonna break me off that uh, <laughs> that's the that's the easiest way to put it uh It is well established that the two became very close very fast, and it's been observed that james would openly was so openly in love with him um that he would clasp him around the neck and kiss him like very princess bride, very notebook like
0: oh my god arms
1: around the neck oh no
0: yeah not good in court
1: no the whole thing just makes me like (laughs) i hate it like i love how they're like yes queer scotland and they're like omitting the fact that it's like (laughs) jesus christ like he's definitely
0: just did this so he could like become more significant in court that's fucking horrible well
1: yes and no (laughs) so initially james made stuart a gentleman of the bedchamber which is a title that was first used in the 11th century and was given to those who were to assist the monarch in getting dressed or in this case probably undressed as well um waiting on the king while he eats guarding the entry to the chamber uh all while providing company to the king i feel as though it doesn't take a rocket scientist to like figure out why he was promoted to this title Yeah. Um, To be in the chambers often. From this position, Stuart somehow found a way to rapidly accelerate through the titles of Privy Council Member Earl, and finally, the Duke of Lennox. This title was actually first created for Esbe by James and was later recreated by Charles I, James's son, for the second time in 1675 for his extramarital son, known as Charles Lennox. Charles Lennox is actually Annie Lennox's great, 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 great uncle that's a lie I'm (laughs) I'm (laughs) not. reacting to me lying but you all believed me for a second didn't you um tale as old as time Prosby catholics comes into play the largely presbyterian scotland was outraged at a catholic duke being appointed so esme had to pick his faith or his title of which he picked his title now i personally believe this did definitely start out just as a groomer grifting a barely teen with too much power which like sort of goes to say like maybe we shouldn't put like literal children in such positions of power Mm -hmm. but (laughs) i don't know maybe that's where they went wrong who am i to judge um actually i i'm someone who can judge that's fucked up um anyway but like a lot of sources do say that like he did have a lot of loyalty and love for james uh the church because of this, never trusted Esme, and so nobleman ended up inviting inviting James to Ruthven Castle as a guest, but pulled the old switcheroo on him, imprisoned him for ten months in an event that is now known as um, the Raid of Ruthven, led by William Ruthven, the first Earl of Gowrie. This began what was known as the short-lived Gowrie regime, where they forced James to banish Esme back to France, but the two ended up keeping a secret correspondence where the excommunicated duke swears he left his family for james and shortly after he ended up dying and see after he died he sent james he had his embalmed heart <laughs> sent to james like Shut up. his his embalmed heart so i guess they were in love but this is fucked up i truly believe having to um, excommunicate the man that he loved is when his psyche snapped um, because later on he becomes unhinged, which we already touched upon, like he, he loved an a witch hunt. You can cover more on that, I guess, now.
0: Yeah. In fifteen eighty two, James is liberated and the following year he gained increasing control for the Protestant nobility and the church by pushing through laws called the Black Acts which essentially just gave mere power to the monarchy James is a very he was a prol- prolific writer and he was a really big believer in what is it called, the divine right of kings so he was very adamant that the church should not have as much power, which is, which is true separate church and state yeah. but also separate state and monarchy <laughs> <laughs> um, he published loads of papers on loads of different things like we've covered it before, he published demonology, which is about um, witchcraft. He was actually the first person to ever write an anti-smoking ad because he was very against smoking, which was really popular at the time. And then he's obviously wrote he wrote a essay called "The Divine Right of Kings." That probably it probably his earlier life and his troubles with the church and the Protestant nobility probably heavily inspired his belief in the re- divine right of kings. Anyway, he's still a young boy at this point, so. A few years later, in 1586, James signed the Treaty of Berwick, which is a peace agreement between the kingdoms of Scotland and England. This essentially set in stone his ascension to the throne of England once the unmarried and childless Elizabeth I died. During this point in his life, James is praised by the Kirk and the Protestant lords in his younger years for his chastity as he showed little interest in women, which suits Protestants, but I wonder why he was so chaste and why he didn't have much interest in women. Eventually, pressures mounted to strengthen the monarchy, which meant marriage was necessary and the choice was made for James to marry the 14-year-old Anne of Denmark. At this point, James would be 23. James sailed with a party 300 to personally collect Anne and the couple were then married at the Bishop's Palace in Oslo on November 23rd. So you might remember that in episode 4, we mentioned that James's time in Denmark heavily influenced his reign. The court in Copenhagen was rife with rumours and superstitions surrounding witchcraft and witch hunts. This was said to have heavily influenced the god and devil fear in James. And on his return to Scotland the following May, his ships were caught in bad storms, which he blamed on several people in North Berwick. The king would then conduct yeah. his first major persecution in witchcraft under the Witchcraft Act of 1563, another thing that he penned. He personally arrested, trialed, and executed those he blamed for the bad weather. If you want to hear more about that, please listen to episode 4 of the North
1: Berwick Witch Trials.
0: I'll leave it to Liam to tell us a wee bit about who Annie Denmark was.
1: Yeah so she was born in 1574, which bears repeating makes her 14 years old I believe, when her and James got married. It is said that she was like deeply, like it's established, she was like deeply infatuated and like giddy almost to be marrying James um but like later on an english spy thomas fowler suggests that despite how infatuated Anne is with james they aren't compatible because she isn't really his type implying oh. he's a fruit um, <laughs> regardless um they were married by proxy and Anne ended up being coronated in the abbey church in hollywood in 1590.
0: i wonder how that was for james being like oh this is where your daddy got killed
1: yeah
0: i wonder how that be? made him feel how does it make royals feel i don't
1: know I don't think they have feelings. <laughs> I really don't. Like I truly think they are in- they're incapable of feeling things and sweating. Um, <laughs> but oh well, I guess. Um early in their relationship, James was actually very taken with Anne, but they quickly began to fight. Uh remaining married. From what I understand, both of them though, were repeatedly involved in like cheating scandals. Um one of the most popular of which is James's mistress, Anne Murray later referred to as Lady Glamis. In 1594, however, Anne did eventually bear the couple's first son, Prince Henry, who died before both of his parents from scarlet fever. Um, yeah, full circle moment. <laughs> the, um, but anyway, the couple had a further two children, Princess Elizabeth, who became the Queen of Bohemia, and Charles I, who succeeded his father as king. He's the
0: daddy, Charles II of Horrible history's fame.
1: Yeah, he did that. Things he did,
0: that so it's important to note that during this point in james's life as he's got mere power back off the kirk and the witch hills and stuff like oh this like he's he's making big moves politically in scotland and i would like to note that by no means do i like james the and this of just really drills it home for me during his reign the peoples of the highlands and islands face like big persecutions and also the decline of the gallic language had begun Gaelic was once the language of kings Many Queen of Scots's father James V Actually was fluent in Gaelic But under James VI's rule It truly began to decline As he was not taught it by his Protestant tutors In this time Gaelic became known As Erse or Irish Implying that it was foreign And the Scottish <sighs> Parliament decided it was the cause of the Highlanders Shortcomings and abolition Truly came on the table at this point <laughs> I know. That's in- horrible. I know. So, James the sixth then authorised The Gentleman Adventures of Fife, which was to civilise the barbarous Isle of Lewis. This was essentially a violent colonisation of the Isle. Ultimately, the colonists were driven out by the islanders, but later attempts were successful, and because of the Reformation being slower like the protestant reformation being slower and the gallic speaking parts of scotland so began the need for the destruction of the gallic language the destruction of the traditional culture and the suppression of its bearers i'm quoting by the way like that isn't it like like that's actually like what the the scottish parliament wanted at the time so like when I'm people gay. are like yes, people gay. when i i think this as well and a lot of people think that it was the it was the Battle of Culloden that really started the decline of Highland culture. It wasn't it was this. I thought like, it was the Battle when, of Culloden. This is when it truly begins. This is the start of the Jacobean era. To be fair, but it's at this point when Highland culture really is lost.
1: You know the t- the tweet: uh, "Niall should let her on you." <laughs> 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 me, but it's like um, Guy su- Fox should in- let her on <laughs> <supporting> you. <Guy laughs> <Fox. laughs>
0: So that's kind of it in black and white that James is a total cunt and then we've also got like his infidelities and stuff like that. In the 1600s and the 1610s it becomes really clear that James is the heir to the English throne once Elizabeth I dies. English politicians and lords actually kept a secret correspondence with James to prepare him for his succession. Because James is protestant and raised protestant it basically makes him a shoo-in robert cecil the queen elizabeth's chief minister sent james a draft proclamation of his ascension to the english throne in march 1603 elizabeth would later die that month on march 24th and james would be declared king of england later the same day like they did nothing about it. that that's like, the, the english court i don't know if i, did, I did think the lords in the english court were particularly fond of elizabeth Oh, I think they were fond of her because one, she refused to get married, and two, she refused to have children, and three, she was and a also, woman. yeah, three, she was a woman, and four, she was like absolutely mental and bald because she had been using like, <laughs> makeup her entire life. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> I James... always imagine her actually like, like I see pictures of her, and I always imagine like her actually looking like the Fat Controller from uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. Like I feel like that's what she looked like.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, she would have looked like um. Like, if you covered a balloon in, like, paper mache and let it dry, that's actually what she would have looked like. But, like, with a ginger wig on. Like, it's, like, there is, like, because um, obviously, like, in royal courts, people would visit the other places and they would document stuff. And there's various descriptions of people outside of the the united kingdom describing elizabeth's appearance as being like absolutely horrid they got home um, and said
1: remember that time rupaul looked busted af <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, James left Edinburgh on April 5th and he promised to return once every three years to Scotland. This is a promise he didn't keep, however. Can you guess how many times James visited Scotland during his reign? One. One time. <laughs> One time. And he left very quickly after that. On his journey to England, he was met with luxurious hospitality by the local gentry. He was clearly so impressed that he said he was swapping a stony couch for a deep feather bed. Anyway. He can
1: swap that feather bed for these hands if he keeps talking. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would, I would just like to say Mary Queen of Scots would have done the exact same thing.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. She
0: would have come maybe three times. Yeah. But it was like that was her bag. Like she wanted the throne of England really badly. So it was coordinated on July 25th at Westminster Abbey. The early years of his reign were faced with debts due to the growing cost of England's wars in Ireland, as well as two conspiracies to remove him from the throne. These were known as the by plot and the main plot. However, these seem trivial when they're compared to the infamous Gunpowder plot.
1: Love, love. So can't kind of wish she had been <laughs> successful. So many, so many explosive um, plots that I wish in history had gone ahead. Um, some of the them Margaret were... Thatcher. Some, I was about to say some of the more recent... <laughs>
0: Anyway, the gunpowder plot has been voted the sixth most significant moment in English history and the traditions that go along with it are still very much alive. So, what actually happened? Guy Fawkes is a radical Catholic protester and he's found in the cellars of the Houses of Parliament on the night of November 5th, 1605. This is the eve of the state opening of James's English Parliament session for the second time. He was found by guards standing watch over a pile of wood and kindling not far from 36 barrels of gunpowder. Politicians at the time who were fearful of Catholics assumed Fox was there to blow up the barrels once Parliament was in session the next day and to cause murder and destruction. And to be fair, I think this is a pretty fair assumption, <laughs> considering he was stood next to Riley Kindlin that was no far away if he'd gunpowder.
1: I just imagine like, kicking it away with his feet, like, what's not me?
0: Do you care where the toilet is? <laughs> oh,
1: I seem to have gotten lost.
0: <laughs> James said that Fox intended to cause the destruction of not only my person nor my wife and posterity also but the whole body of state in general and I wish he had the gunpowder (laughs) plot as it quickly becomes known has a positive effect on the image of the king and there was a great sense of relief throughout the country upon hearing the plot was unsuccessful and that the king and his heirs were unharmed Fox and his conspirators were tortured and executed shortly thereafter. During this point in James's life in England and in the English court, I believe he quickly finds a new favourite, Liam.
1: Uh, So James's new favourite was George Villiers, the first Duke of Buckingham. (laughs) Um, He was born in Leicestershire in 1592, making him around 30 years younger than James.
0: Christ.
1: And only... Two years older than James's eldest child, it's lovely how we've come full circle on this, because James used to be that girl. Villiers was the son of a nobleman, and as a boy, his mother sent him to France, where he learned to dance, fence, and speak the language. Now, if that ain't fruit, if that ain't fruity, I don't know what is. He was also later described as the handsomest-bodied man in England, with limbs so well compacted, and his conversation so pleasing, and of so sweet a disposition, by the Bishop of Gloucester. <laughs> <laughs> everyone everyone in this saga pretty the bishop said that about him when i saw the quote and then it said bishop of wos i lost it like i was literally crying laughing the bishop (laughs) (laughs) anyway when he was 21 So, he was an adult, so this is getting less murky than before. His looks were noticed by the king himself, whom he literally pretty much used his hotness and ability to dance to woo the king. Like he used him to woo James, which I kind of respect. Like he's on the hustle. The nature of the relationship between James and Villiers as he rose through knighthood and eventually to becoming the Duke of Buckingham was disputed, but many believe there was a lot of kissing and cuddling going on. The king even had a nickname for Villiers. Uh, he called him Steenie, i don't know what that means but he called him Steenie, isn't that cute? Uh, amidst (laughs) amidst all the rumors um, of their affair James addressed it by saying the most melodramatic and gay thing i have ever heard Um, but i'm gonna summarize it because i can't be bothered saying the whole thing because it's a lot like this man liked to write, he liked to write
0: yeah he really
1: liked he's kind of like you (laughs) yeah In some ways,
0: (laughs) bisexuals are like the right, and that's uh, that's where it ends.
1: (laughs) I nearly fell off my chair. Um, Anyway, he said, I, James, am neither a god nor an angel, but a man like any other. Yada yada. I love the Earl of Buckingham more than anyone else. And people were still like disputing it. He literally said the words, I love the Earl of Buckingham more than anyone else
0: more so, than my wife
1: <laughs> <laughs> he said more than anyone here <laughs> he literally <laughs> said more than anyone here in the whole like big quote um i'm
0: sure that made it really popular
1: so yeah well i was very curious after reading this because i was like that is like a tv show that's like something that would happen in a tv show so i did a little searching of the internet and i was like i wonder if they do fan fiction about <laughs> historical figures oh no <laughs> And I found one fan fiction on Archive of Our Own, you can read it if you want, called Steeny, Um, that is categorised as post-sex fluff. And it was written by <laughs> someone called Sophia256.
0: <laughs> credit where credit's due.
1: <laughs> the greatest author of our time. And I'm really obsessed with it. And they tried making James really Scottish for some reason. I was like, I thought you hated Scotland, but um, he says one of the quotes is my god george the king sighed with adoration your face ellipses you simply look divine <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a bit at the end where he's like he keeps calling him like your majesty and stuff and james says for christ's sakes you can call me james <laughs> <gasps> oh,
0: it's just that's like the character it's
1: unhinged <laughs> um anyway best 300 300- 73 word story i've ever read and i was in genuine genuine tears laughing at it god bless you Sophia 25265 or what (laughs) 256 yeah god bless you um yeah that's 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 his other favorite
0: (laughs) his most favorite i would say
1: yeah it it was definitely the first one and the last one the two frenchies were his favorites
0: so this takes place in the later parts of James's life. His reign is actually the longest at any Scottish monarch. And really? he did have a relatively successful reign in England. And he made it imperative to steer clear any religious wars. He did get involved much to his displeasure. He was kind of pushed into it. He had to continue the war in Ireland, apparently.
1: Had to. Because that's Couldn't something
0: that it. Elizabeth I had already done. But Bitch. he was kind of pushed into a war with Spain during his reign. <gasps> By members oh, yeah. of his court, he, did, he actually didn't want to do it. But he did steer clear in, in religious wars. And by the later years of his life, James had begun to suffer severely from arthritis, kidney stones, and gout. Which seems to be a very royal disease, gout.
1: Yeah, well, it's a, a build-up of um, uric acid in your joints, making little crystals. But it comes from, like, really rich uh, foods. Mm-hmm. So it's because they ate, like, all just, like, the gamiest meats and shit. And then... Yeah. So... They all had, they all did have gout and it basically caused like swelling. So it's a shame they didn't have Ivy broken, but that's done then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um so by all accounts he had lost all his teeth and he was very much an alcoholic at this point. And in the last year of his life in sixteen twenty-five, he was too ill to reign. We much use control going to his son and heir Charles. During this time, James even described his own urine as being the dark red colour of Alicante (laughs) wine due to his kidney issues (laughs) being so severe. James would die on March 27th in 1625 in Hertfordshire during a very bad attack of dysentery. News would reach George Villiers on the battlefield in France where apparently he broke down into tears and sobbed uncontrollably. That's (laughs) what's that James would be buried in Westminster Abbey where during his reign he had reinterred the body of his mother. However, the position of James's tomb would be lost to time until it was found again during renovations in the nineteenth century. And that is the Life and Times and the Lovers a King James VI, a Scotland and First of England.
1: Fruit. Big a fruit. fruit. by all accounts. A fruit, a fruit and a creep. A fruit a, fruit, a creep. a fruit, a creep, and a scoundrel. <laughs> <laughs> you are a Elvis. scoundrel and I just can't stand it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but aye, I think that's us of historical bullshit. We just had issues recording, so we just had to do, like, the end bit again, where we got into, like, our really deep, smart, intelligent religious discourse. Yeah, you didn't hear it. We
1: were so smart. Oh, genuinely. The Christianization of, like, Europe and how it was, like, damaging to, uh, like, indigenous cultures and Druidry and paganism and, like, all the rich historical history, and you just missed it. But we started really smart, like the first time ever. Really
0: smart. (laughs) It happens like
1: once every 20 episodes. We're on episode 20.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I'll never see, I'll never reach anybody's ears. Um, I can't believe that.
1: I was so upset.
0: (laughs) I know like literally like we were recorded and i was like liam i'm gonna phone you back to see if this saved this whole episode because we've been recording for like two years now but just to get back on track if you want to find us on social media you can find us on twitter at the creepy we pod instagram at the creepy podcast tiktok at the creepy podcast you can send us an email to the creepy podcast at com, and you can visit our website the and you can leave us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And that's us until the next episode. Love what you, What are you bye. waiting for? Huh?
1: <laughs> what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less and similar brands.